Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second Canto, Chapter 7, Texts 47 through 53. Text 47. What is realized as the absolute Brahman is full of unlimited bliss without grief. That is certainly the ultimate phase of the Supreme Enjoyer, the Personality of Godhead. He is eternally void of all disturbances and is fearless. He is complete consciousness as opposed to matter. Uncontaminated, and without distinctions, he is the principal, primeval cause of all causes and effects, in whom there is no sacrifice for fruitive activities, and in whom the illusory energy does not stand. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda the Supreme Enjoyer, the Personality of Godhead, is the Supreme Brahman, or the Summum Bonum, because of his being the Supreme Cause of all causes. The conception of impersonal Brahman realization is the first step, due to his distinction from the illusory conception of material existence. In other words, impersonal Brahman is a feature of the Absolute distinct from the material variegatedness. Just as light is a conception distinct from its counterpart, darkness. But the light has its variegatedness, which is seen by those who further advance in the light. And thus the ultimate realization of Brahman is the source of the Brahman light, the supreme personality of Godhead, the summum bonum, or the ultimate source of everything. Therefore, meeting the personality of Godhead includes the realization of the impersonal Brahman, as realized at first, in contrast with material illusion. The personality of Godhead is the third step of Brahman realization. As explained in the first canto, one must understand all three features of the Absolute. Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Pratibodha Matram is just the opposite conception of material existence. In matter, there are material miseries, and thus in the first realization of Brahman, there is the negation of such material miseries, and there is a feeling of eternal existence, distinct from the pangs of birth and death, disease and old age. That is the primary conception of impersonal Brahman. 
The Supreme Lord is the supreme soul of everything. And therefore, in the supreme conception, affection is realized. The conception of affection is due to the relationship of the soul to soul. A father is affectionate to his son because there is some relationship of nearness between the son and the father. But that sort of affection in the material world is full of limitations. When the personality of Godhead is met, the fullness of affection becomes manifested because of the reality of the affectionate relationship. He is not the object of affection by material tinges of body and mind, but he is the full, naked, uncontaminated object of affection for all living entities, because he is the Supersoul, or Paramatma, within everyone's heart. In the liberated state of affairs, the full-fledged affection for the Lord is awakened. As such, there is an unlimited flow of everlasting happiness, without the fear of its being broken, as we have experienced here in the material world. The relationship with the Lord is never broken, thus there is no grief and no fear. Such happiness is inexplicable by words, and there can be no attempt to generate such happiness by fruitive activities, by arrangements, and by sacrifices. But we must also know that happiness, unbroken happiness, exchanged with the Supreme Person, the Personality of Godhead, as described in this verse, transcends the impersonal conception of the Upanishads. In the Upanishads, the description is more or less negation of the material conception of things. But this is not denial of the transcendental senses of the Supreme Lord. Herein also the same is affirmed in the statement that the Supreme Lord is pure, sudham. The word sudham indicates that the senses of the Personality of Godhead are not made of material elements. They are all transcendental, free from all contamination of material identification. And also, the liberated souls are not devoid of senses. Otherwise, there cannot be any reciprocation of unhampered spiritual happiness exchanged between them in spontaneous, unbroken joy. All the senses, both of the Lord and of the devotees, are without material contamination. They are so because they are beyond the material cause and effects, as clearly mentioned herein, sad asata param. The illusory, material energy cannot work there, being ashamed before the Lord and his transcendental devotees. In the material world, the sense activities are not without grief. But here it is clearly said that the senses of the Lord and the devotees are without any grief. There is a distinct difference between the material and spiritual senses and one should understand it without denying the spiritual senses because of a material conception. The senses in the material world are surcharged with material ignorance. In every way, the authorities have recommended purification of the senses from the material conception. 
in the material world. The senses are manipulated for individual and personal satisfaction. Whereas in the spiritual world, the senses are properly used for the purpose of which they are originally meant, namely the satisfaction of the Supreme Lord. Such sensual activities are natural, and therefore sense gratification there is uninterrupted and unbroken by material contamination, because the senses are spiritually purified. And such satisfaction of the senses is equally increasing. There is no scope for material attempts or artificial arrangements. Such happiness of transcendental quality is called Brahma Sokyam, which will be clearly described in the fifth canto. Text 48. In such a transcendental state, there is no need of artificial control of the mind, mental speculation, or meditation, as performed by the jnanis and yogis. One gives up such processes, as the heavenly king Indra forgoes the trouble to dig a well. Purport by Srila Prabhupada A poor man in want of water digs a well and undertakes the trouble of digging. Similarly, those who are poor in transcendental realization speculate on the mind or meditate by controlling the senses. But they do not know that such control of the senses and achievement of spiritual perfection are simultaneously made possible as soon as one is factually engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Supreme Person, the Personality of Godhead. It is for this reason that the great liberated souls also desire to be associated in hearing and chanting the activities of the Lord. The example of Indra is very appropriate in this connection. King Indra of Heaven is the controlling deity or demigod for arranging clouds and supplying rain in the universe. And as such, he does not have to take the trouble to dig a well for his personal water supply. For him, digging a well for water supply is simply ludicrous. Similarly, those who are factually engaged in the loving service of the Lord have attained the ultimate goal of life. And for them, there is no need of mental speculation to find out the true nature of God or his activities. Nor do such devotees have to meditate upon the imaginary or real identity of the Lord. Because they are factually engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, the Lord's pure devotees have already achieved the results of mental speculation and meditation. The real perfection of life is therefore to be engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Text 49 Personality of Godhead is the supreme master of everything auspicious, because the results of whatever actions are performed by the living being 
in either the material or spiritual existence are awarded by the Lord. As such, he is the ultimate benefactor. Every individual living entity is unborn, and therefore, even after the annihilation of the material elementary body, the living entity exists, exactly like the air within the body. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The living entity is unborn and eternal, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 2.30. The living entity is not exhausted even though the material elementary body is vanquished. As long as the living entity is in material existence, actions performed by him are rewarded in the next life, or even in the present life. Similarly, in his spiritual life also, actions are rewarded by the Lord by the five kinds of liberation. Even the impersonalist cannot achieve the desired merging into the existence of the Supreme without being favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 4.11 that the Lord awards similar results as one desires in one's present life. The living entities are given freedom to make their choice, and the Lord awards them accordingly. It is the duty of everyone, therefore, to worship devoutly only the personality of Godhead to achieve his desired goal. The impersonalist, instead of speculating or meditating, can directly execute the routine devotional service of the Lord and thus easily obtain the desired goal. The devotees, however, are naturally inclined to become associates of the Lord and not merge in the spiritual existence, as conceived by the impersonalist. The devotees, therefore, following their constitutional instincts, achieve the desired goal of becoming servitors, friends, fathers, mothers, or conjugal lovers of the Lord. The devotional service of the Lord involves nine transcendental processes, such as hearing and chanting, and by performing such easy and natural devotional services, the devotees achieve the highest perfectional results, far, far superior to merging into the existence of Brahman. The devotees are therefore never advised to indulge in speculating upon the nature of the Supreme or artificially meditating on the void. One should not, however, mistakenly think that after the annihilation of the present body, there is no body by which one can associate with the Lord face to face. The living entity is unborn. It is not that he is manifest with the creation of the material body. On the other hand, it is true that the material body develops only by the desire of the living entity. The evolution of the material body is due to the desires of the living being. According to the desires of the living being, the material body develops. So from the spirit soul, the material body comes into existence generated from the living force. 
since the living being is eternal, he exists just like the air within the body. Air is within and without the body. Therefore, when the external covering, the material body, is vanquished, the living spark, like the air within the body, continues to exist. And by the direction of the Lord, because he is the ultimate benefactor, the living entity is at once awarded the necessary spiritual body befitting his association with the Lord in the manner of swarupya, equal bodily feature, salokya, equal facility to live on the same planet with the Lord, sharsti, equal possession of opulence like the Lord, and samipya, equal association with the Lord. The Lord is so kind that even if a devotee of the Lord cannot fulfill the complete course of devotional service, unalloyed and uncontaminated by material association, he is given another chance in the next life by being awarded a birth in the family of a devotee or rich man, so that without being engaged in the struggle for material existence, the devotee can finish the remaining purification of his existence and thus, immediately, after relinquishing the present body, go back home, back to Godhead. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. In this connection, detailed information is available in the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami Prabhupada. Once achieving the spiritual existence, the devotee is eternally situated there, as already discussed in the previous verse. Text 50 My dear son, I have now explained in brief the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the creator of the manifested worlds. Without him, Hari, the Lord, there is no other causes of the phenomenal and nominal existences. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Since we generally have the experience of the temporary material world and conditioned souls trying to lord it over the material worlds, Brahmaji explained to Narada Dev that this temporary world is the work of the external potency of the Lord, and that the conditioned souls struggling here for existence are the marginal potency of the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead. There is no cause for all these phenomenal activities but Him, Hari, the Supreme Lord, who is the primeval cause of all causes. This does not mean, however, that the Lord himself is distributed impersonally. He is aloof from all these interactions of the external and marginal potencies. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.4, it is confirmed that by his potencies alone, he is present everywhere and anywhere. Everything that is manifested rests on his potency only. But he, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is always aloof from everything. The potency and the potent are simultaneously one 
and different from one another. One should not deprecate the Supreme Lord for the creation of this miserable world, just as one should not blame the king for creating a prison house in the government. The prison house is a necessary institution of the governmental establishment for those who are disobedient to the laws of the government. Similarly, this material world, full of miseries, is a temporary creation of the Lord for those who have forgotten Him and are trying to lord it over the false manifestation. He, however, is always anxious to get the fallen souls back home, back to Godhead. And for this, He has given so many chances to the conditioned souls via the authoritative scriptures, His representatives, and personal incarnations also. Since he has no direct attachment to this world, he is not to be blamed for its creation. Text 51 O Narda, this science of God, Srimad Bhagavatam, was spoken to me in summary by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and it was spoken as the accumulation of His diverse potencies. Please expand this science yourself. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Bhagavatam in a nutshell, spoken by the Personality of Godhead in about half a dozen verses, which will appear ahead, is the science of God, and it is the potent representation of the Personality of Godhead. He, being absolute, is non-different from the science of God, Srimad Bhagavatam. Brahmaji received this science of Godhead from the Lord directly, and he handed over the same to Narada, who in his turn ordered Srila Vyasadeva to expand it. So the transcendental knowledge of the Supreme Lord is not mental speculation by the mundane wranglers, but is uncontaminated, eternal, perfect knowledge, beyond the jurisdiction of material modes. The Bhagavat Purana is therefore the direct incarnation of the Lord in the form of transcendental sound. And one should receive this transcendental knowledge from the bona fide representative of the Lord in the chain of disciplic succession from the Lord to Brahmaji, from Brahmaji to Narada, from Narada to Vyas, from Vyasadev to Sukadev Goswami, from Sukadev Goswami to Sutta Goswami. The ripened fruit of the Vedic tree drops from one hand to another without being broken by falling suddenly from a high branch down to earth. Therefore, unless one hears the science of Godhead from the bona fide representative of the disciplic succession, as above mentioned, for one to understand the theme of the science of Godhead will be a very difficult job. It should never be heard from the professional Bhagavatam reciters who earn their livelihood by gratifying the senses of the audience.
Text 52. Please describe the science of Godhead with determination and in a manner by which it will be quite possible for the human being to develop transcendental devotional service unto the personality of Godhead Hari, the supersoul of every living being, and the summum bonum source of all energies. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Srimad Bhagavatam is the philosophy of devotional service and the scientific presentation of man's relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Prior to the age of Kali, there was no need for such a book of knowledge to know the Lord and His energies. But with the beginning of the age of Kali, human society gradually became influenced by four sinful principles, namely, illegitimate connection with women, intoxication, gambling, and unnecessary killing of animals. Because of these basic sinful acts, man gradually became forgetful of his eternal relation with God. Therefore, man can become blind, so to speak, to his ultimate goal of life. The ultimate goal of life is not to pass a life irresponsibly like the animals and indulge in a polished way in the four animal principles, namely eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. For such a blind human society, in the darkness of ignorance, Srimad Bhagavatam is the torchlight to see things in proper perspective. Therefore, it was necessary to describe the science of God from the very beginning, or from the very birth of the phenomenal world. As we have already explained, Srimad Bhagavatam is so scientifically presented that any sincere student of this great science will be able to understand the science of God simply by reading it with attention or simply regularly hearing it from the bona fide speaker. Everyone is hankering after happiness in life. But in this age, the members of the human society, blind as they are, do not have the proper vision that the personality of Godhead is the reservoir of all happiness, because he is the ultimate source of everything. Happiness in complete perfection, without hindrance, can be achieved only by our devotional relationship with him. And it is only by his association that we can get freed from the distressful material existence. Even those who are after the enjoyment of this material world can also take shelter of this great science of Srimad Bhagavatam, and they will be successful at the end. Narada is therefore requested or ordered by his spiritual master to present this science with determination and in good plan. Narada was never advised to preach the principles of Bhagavatam to earn a livelihood. He was ordered by his spiritual master to take the matter very seriously in a missionary spirit. Text 53 The Lord's activities in association with his different energies should be described, 
appreciated, and heard in accordance with the teachings of the Supreme Lord. If this is done regularly, with devotion and respect, one is sure to get out of the illusory energy of the Lord. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The science of learning a subject matter seriously is different from the sentiments of fanatics. Fanatics, or fools, may consider the Lord's activities in relation with the external energy to be useless for them, and they may falsely claim to be higher participants of the internal energy of the Lord. But factually, the Lord's activities in relation with the external energy and the internal energy are equally good. On the other hand, those who are not completely freed from the clutches of the Lord's external energy should devoutly hear regularly about the activities of the Lord in relation with the external energy. They should not foolishly jump up to the activities of the Lord's internal energy, falsely attracted by such activities as his Rasa Lila. The cheap reciters of the Bhagavatam are very much enthusiastic about the activities of the Lord's internal potencies. And these pseudo-devotees, absorbed in material sense enjoyment, falsely jump to the stage of liberated souls, and thus fall down deeply into the clutches of the external energy. Some of them think that to hear the pastimes of the Lord means to hear about his activities with the gopis, or about his pastimes like lifting Govardhan Hill, and they have nothing to do with the Lord's plenary expansions as the Purusha avatars and their pastimes of the creation, maintenance, or annihilation of the material worlds. But a pure devotee knows that there is no difference between the pastimes of the Lord, either in Rasalila or in the creation, maintenance, or destruction of the material world. Rather, the descriptions of such activities of the Lord as the Purusha avatars are specifically meant for persons who are in the clutches of the external energy. Topics like the Rasa Lila are meant for the liberated souls, and not for the conditioned souls. The conditioned souls, therefore, must hear with appreciation and devotion the Lord's pastimes in relationship with the external energy. And such acts are as good as hearing of the Rasa Lila in the liberated stage. A conditioned soul should not imitate the activities of liberated souls. Lord Sri Chaitanya never indulged in hearing the Rasa Lila with ordinary men. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, the science of God, the first nine cantos prepare the ground for hearing the tenth canto. This will be further explained in the last chapter of this canto. In the third canto, it will be more explicit. A pure devotee of the Lord, therefore, must begin reading or hearing Srimad Bhagavatam from the very beginning and not from the tenth canto. We have several times been requested by some so-called devotees to take up the tenth canto immediately, but we have refrained from such an action because we wish to present Srimad Bhagavatam as the science of Godhead and not as a sensuous understanding for the conditioned souls.
This is forbidden by such authorities as Sri Brahmaji. By reading and hearing Srimad Bhagavatam as a scientific presentation, the conditioned souls will gradually be promoted to the higher status of transcendental knowledge after being freed from the illusory energy based on sense enjoyment. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the second canto, seventh chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Scheduled Incarnations with Specific Functions. <laughs>